Welcome to our latest GCP short in collaboration with the state of Vermont, where we will be discussing how to work effectively with your regulator. I am delighted that we will be joined by David Provost, Deputy Commissioner for Captive Insurance at the State of Vermont's Department of Financial Regulation, as well as two captive owners, Heather McClure, Chief Risk Officer at OU Medicine, the academic health system affiliated with the University of Oklahoma, and the Chief Legal Officer of its captive, ensuring the physicians and hospital entities. And Dana Feng, Director of Captive Programs at Fortune 500 Engine Giants, Cummins. In the following 18 minutes, Dave, Heather and Dana discuss with me how to build an effective relationship with your captive regulator and the benefits of doing so. So Dave, all regulators will of course have different ideas or philosophies regarding their role and relationship with the entities that they regulate. In Vermont uh, and at the Department of Insurance, do you have a particular mantra or approach that you are guided by? Yeah, there's a few. And I I think maybe the top one is um, who gets hurt if things go wrong. So with a, you know, Fortune 500 parent company and a simple, pure captive, it is, uh, you know, one company that is setting aside money to pay its own claims. If the captive wasn't there or isn't performing, it's it's up to the parent to make it perform and really hasn't shifted any responsibility to somebody else. But if you're talking about a risk retention group and things don't go right, then uh, people do get hurt. You know, somebody doesn't get their claim paid, uh, some third party. And so that's there is a a broad spectrum there of of looking at things. So that's number one is who gets hurt if it goes wrong. And the rest of it is is variations on a theme is, you know, we're not here to be an obstacle. We're here to to help you manage your risk. Uh, We want to know exactly what you're doing and we want you to be comfortable talking to us whether things are going right or things are going wrong. So talk to us when things are good so that you're comfortable talking to us when things don't go right. And then, you know, again, this is more apropos to a pure captive than RRG is they're likely to watch their own money more than I can or more closely than the department will. So, you know, there, there's just different concern, levels of concern with different companies. So it is really you know, focused on what's going to happen if things go wrong, and and that that just varies uh, with each type of company and each each parent, frankly. So, one of the kind of terms we often hear used in regards to uh, regulation, and it comes up a lot, uh, particularly in in the states regarding captives, is is kind of that business friendly uh, approach or business friendly mantra. But is there a balance to be struck between being quote business friendly? and a helpful regulator, while, of course, remaining independent to ensure that you're enforcing robust regulation. Absolutely. And and still that, that same spectrum applies, uh, whether it's a single parent company or, or a group captive that is going to insure different folks. And that's, that's one of the reasons that we have uh, separate functions here. We have a separate promotional activity that is that is actually not even in our department. So, you know, Ian Davis in the past and Dan Toll were our worked for the Department of Economic Development and we're out there promoting Vermont. That allowed the regulators to uh, you know, they, they would welcome companies to Vermont, and it, that allowed the regulators to comfortably say no if we didn't like what we saw. Um, that's also why we have a separate licensing uh group and a separate examination group so that the people that are bringing in companies to apply and the people that are looking at applications and then the people that are actually looking at the end result are different people that that can look at it differently and independently. Um, And that really helps us 
keep things separate a little bit so that it's, uh, you know, we can balance that promotion and regulation and being both business friendly and responsive at, and at the same time, you know, when, when we have to do our job as regulators, we have to do our job as regulators. And, and that makes it a lot easier to accomplish that if, if everything's kept independent and separate in the processes leading up to that. Great. And I think we'll, we'll touch on some more of that uh, a bit later as well. But we do have two uh, captive owners uh, with us who have captives domiciled in Vermont, two very different types of organizations that have captives in Vermont. Heather, uh, to yourself first, I mean, how do you work or do you work at all proactively to cultivate a productive relationship with the captive regulators in the state? And, and if so, what are, what are the benefits that you find from doing this? Sure. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. It's like any other working relationship. The more effort you put into seeking opportunities to connect, the better. So I've tried over the past 15 years of our captive to attend as many Vermont conferences and road trip sessions as possible to hear directly from the regulators about what they expect, what they consider to be best practices, you know, asking questions directly of them. And beyond that, as I got to know, you know, Dave and Sandy and some of the others, I felt comfortable calling on them directly. You know, thankfully, I have a captive manager who doesn't mind that too much because or at all. I do think it's fairly unique, but, you know, they mean it when they say they've got an open door. I mean, they, they want you to make an appointment, I'm sure. But but I've also just called and, and brainstormed with them, which is a huge benefit to us, Uh even before I might propose something to my board, um, like new lines or covering related entities within our organization, I can hear directly from the regulators in Vermont about what their thoughts are, what their expectations would be with um, risk mitigation. And, and to Dave's point, you know, what happens if this fails or what are the backup plans and what are the backup backup plans? So hopefully it benefits them also. They get to know me. They... I think have come to expect the stability in that uh, communication and process. And, and so they really get to know our captive in that way. I want to just bring in Dana uh, at this point as well, because um, we've heard previously, Dana, in, in other podcast interviews that you've done with yourself and your colleagues at Cummins, and I'll put links to those in the episode description, that you know, Cummins works really hard internally to find new ways to use its captive does being domiciled in an environment like Vermont kind of aid that innovation and, and how so, if, if true? Yes, definitely. It can apply to both new business lines for traditional insurance programs and the creation of unique insurance products in your captive. We can use some good examples from Cummins here. We recently implemented international employee benefits programs across over 60 countries into captive within three years. We met with Dave and Sandy at annual VCIA conferences to keep them updated of our new business plans two years in advance of our formal implementation day. When we needed to obtain regulators' approval, we provided the five-year business plan with the updated International Employee Benefits Program information and also our financial projections overall. We received the quick approval to start formal arrangement I think the early communication and exchange of information helped the final stage of approval. The other good example is the unique insurance products we created, different from traditional products to some extent, which also went quite smoothly with Dave's great support a long time ago when our capital was newly set up. 
it helped build up strong confidence of future active development of our captives' new lines of coverages to support our global business needs. So I think overall, regulators know the industry and each captive's financial capability and capacity. They do regular state exams and also review year-end financials and reserves from actual opinion reports. All such steps will guarantee captives are in good business and strong governance and financials, which will help the captive further develop business and obtain regulators' approvals. This is a good cycle. Vermont's long experience with captives and responsiveness help aid such innovation and all the great initiatives. So we were advised of the similar feedbacks from other captive peers when we did benchmarking and exchange high-level information with them. All these will help build our confidence in the domicile we selected and obtain internal senior leaders and also board members' support to captive business. Thanks, Dana. That, that's really, really interesting. And, and Dave, Dana's touched there on a few examples of where they've kind of made sure they're communicating regularly with, with yourself, Sandy, and, and the department. How helpful is it for you when you have captive owners who are open and willing to communicate regulate, regularly and, and I guess kind of bring you on board in regards to their, their plans for now and their plans for the future? It's it's a huge help. Um, you know, we're looking at almost 600 captives here and and uh, 100 cells. And so knowing knowing the people and knowing the companies and knowing the captives, uh, whether it's on the top of my head or, or deeper inside, I can recall those things when when the company you know makes a, a filing for a business plan. So I challenge myself a lot of times if a, a company writes in and either gives me the name of the captive or the license number or the name of the parent that I can remember. Based on one of those, the other, the other two. So that you know, the, when I hear from Dana that I, I know what her captive is, and you know that that we have talked in the past, and and I have an idea of what's going on. Um, so that just makes it a lot easier for me to to be responsive and answer, uh, and answer business plan changes, approve them if if they're all set to go, or or ask questions about them if we have any questions. Um, and that's important. Otherwise, we'd, we'd be so far behind. If, if we didn't keep up with the companies, uh, it would just take us so long to do these things that we'd have to have more people or, or do something differently. Because you know, we do get uh, 10 to 30 business plan changes every day. Um, so knowing who we're dealing with when those come in makes that speedy response possible. I presume as well, Dave, that in this current environment with the the pandemic obviously impacting insurance programs but also of course having huge impacts on the parents of the captives that you regulate you must be probably talking to your regulated entities even more than you would be in in usual circumstances is that correct and if so if they've already got that kind of relationship with you are those conversations easier yeah absolutely and, and sometimes we initiate the call and sometimes the 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 captive owner does but we'll talk about uh, you know how their business is going and and how it's going to impact the captive because you know we when this first started we were pretty unsure how how is this going to affect things um, you know you do have the is this going to create more claims is it going to create less exposure um, and you know in a few cases we were kind of surprised that it went exactly the opposite of, of what we first guessed uh, and the parent company was like no this is we're doing fine and this is not a, a huge drag on us obviously we don't want it to last forever but we're we're doing fine for now um, so it was it was made it very interesting to to be able to have those conversations freely um, without people feeling like we were prying too much. 
And so how then does your relationship with uh, the different entities and captives vary from from entity to entity i mean one of one of the interesting things that heather mentioned uh just earlier was that her cat i thought it was an interesting line heather said that her captain manager doesn't mind that she talks directly to you right does that does that mean that there's some captain managers that prefer the clients not to speak directly to the regulator and does that do you have some captives where you talk directly to the captive manager more often and others uh where you talk more directly to the entity itself Right. Well, I wouldn't say the captive manager drives that. It's usually the client that drive their client that drives that. We we've got some, uh, and I was a captive manager for for years. And and some clients wanted to deal directly with the regulators. Others were like, no, we've hired you, captive manager, to take care of those things for us. So you take care of those things for us. So I, I would say in, in in all the cases we have that our, our relationship with the captive owner is, is professional. Um, you know, we've, we've often said all all of our children are above average, so it's all wonderful to deal with them. But um, you know, some take various different approaches. Uh, Heather and Dana, like they've already said before, come to the VCIA conferences and are active in the VCIA, and that naturally leads to more activity, more contact with with Vermont and with the regulators. Uh, I think back to others like Dan Labrie who was very active with the VCIA. Therefore, we, we talked frequently, and, and others do. Um, and there's a lot of companies that have a regular meeting with us every year, either at the VCIA or at their board meeting or a regular phone call to talk about the parent uh, company, to give us the parent financials. Um, so it's it, it does vary from individual to individual, but it's, it's always uh, open and informative and, and very professional, and a lot of times a lot of fun, too. Dave, this is Heather. You mentioned uh, coming to board meetings, and I just I wanted to highlight because as you said that, I remember about ten years ago inviting you to one of our board meetings, and I know you've you've come since then as well. After we added uh, an entity under our cover, but that was a real highlight for our board because they they just thought that was incredible that someone like you, with obviously your breadth and depth of experience, would come to our board meeting and, and actually take the time to meet our board members. And I think you spoke about Vermont and regulation and, and what was expected. And, and so, you know, that's something that you, that you don't often see. And I, I thought that was really great. We, we try not to turn down any invitation we get to go to a board meeting just, just because of that. We get to talk to the whole board. The whole board gets to hear what, what we're interested in, what we're looking for, um, and to hear about Vermont and, and why we're all here together. So it's, it's a two-way street, and we are, we're happy to be on it with you. Well, I guess, I guess the way I'd like to wrap this up is just to ask our, our two captive owners, and I'll start with, with Dana first. Dana, what advice would you have for for new captive owners who maybe, um, whether they're in Vermont or maybe somewhere else, but if they're a new captive owner, when thinking about how they work with their regulator, like what words of advice or, or comments would you think would be important to share with them? This is a good question, as it's so important to communicate and work with regulators frequently, especially for new captive setup. As new captive owners, when you start selecting domiciles for your new captives as one diligence item on the checklist, it's always necessary to understand all the requirements in different domiciles and whether they can understand and support your captives' business and operations. This is always one criteria of domicile selection, even more important for other types of captive setup, such as risk retention groups, protected cell captives, especially 
like protected cell captives, not all dumb cells could support this. They could, they did read dumb cell of a historical offshore group captive a few years ago, and we received the strong support from Vermont regulators. So the whole process went really smoothly. The key part for captive owners is really to keep regular and constant dialogues with regulators, engage in the captive's governance and operations as true entities of your corporates, other business and legal entities. This includes sharing your midterm and long-term business goals, your parent company's recent one or two years business changes, and the potential impact to captives, your captive's strong financials to support any new business plans, as mentioned earlier. The ultimate goal is really to keep good relationships with regulators, which will benefit captive owners and regulators mutually in the long run. Overall, we are quite happy with the great relationship and trust we developed with Dave and Sandy over the past nine years. Thanks, Dana. Thanks. That's really, really interesting and really useful, I think, for, for prospective captive owners. And Heather, obviously, you've you've been involved with the captive in Vermont for, for a long time, and it's been through uh, gradual stages and different stages of development. So I don't know if you were involved when the captive was first set up, Heather, but if, if people were, were coming along for the first time to Vermont, what would your words of uh, wisdom be for how they work with the regulator there? You know, I, I would say like everything, 90% of it is showing up. You know, we, we get so busy with our day jobs, uh, whether it's in healthcare, like I am, or in agriculture, or energy, or, you know, other um, parent organizations, or um, insured entities of captives domiciled in Vermont, we, you know, we really need to make time to attend to those relationships. And so, whether it is by Zoom for, for now or hopefully later in person, I guess my advice would be, uh, you know, get to Vermont or get to a roadshow in your region of the country, get to, to um, some events where you are hearing from the regulators, you're learning about the captive um, industry as a whole, but also, you know, particular to Vermont and, and um, pay attention to the advice of those regulators. They've been there a long time. There's a stability in that office, that uh, that department, that is nice because those of us who have been around with our captives for a while come to rely on that expertise and stability in, in process. So I would just say show up and make the relationships work. Well, thank you to Dave Provost, Heather McClure and Dana Feng for a really interesting discussion on working effectively with your captive regulator. All three speakers should be familiar to our listeners having appeared on previous episodes before and links to those episodes and their biographies are in the episode description and on globalcaptivepodcast.com. Stay safe, stay well and see you next time, captives. (laughs) 